0: Letter I of Letters from England 1846 to 1849 by Elizabeth Davis Bancroft Read for into the public domain Letter to W. D. B. and A. B. Liverpool October twenty sixth, 1846 My dear sons, thank God with me that we are once more on terra firma. We arrived yesterday morning at ten o'clock after a very rough voyage, and after riding all night in the Channel in a tremendous gale, so bad that no pilot could reach us to bring us in on Saturday evening. A record of a sea voyage will be only interesting to you who love me, but I must give it to you, that you may know what to expect if you ever undertake it. But first I must sum it all up by saying that of all horrors, of all physical miseries, tortures, and distresses, a sea voyage is the greatest. THE LIVERPOOL PAPER THIS MORNING, AFTER ANNOUNCING OUR ARRIVAL, SAYS, THE GREAT WESTERN, NOTWITHSTANDING, SHE ENCOUNTERED THROUGHOUT A SERIES OF MOST SEVERE GALES, ACCOMPLISHED THE PASSAGE IN SIXTEEN DAYS AND TWELVE HOURS. TO BEGIN AT THE MOMENT I LEFT NEW YORK, I WAS SO ABSORBED BY THE PAIN OF PARTING FROM YOU THAT I WAS IN A STATE OF COMPLETE APATHY WITH REGARD TO ALL ABOUT ME. I DID NOT SENTIMENTALIZE ABOUT THE receding SHORES OF MY COUNTRY. I HARDLY LOOKED AT THEM, INDEED. Friday I was awoke in the middle of the night by the roaring of the wind and sea, and such motion of the vessel. The gale lasted all Saturday and Sunday, strong from the north, and as we were in the region where the waters of the Bay of Fundy run out and meet those of the Gulf of St. Lawrence, afterwards we had a strong cross-sea. Oh, how I wish it had pleased God to plant some little islands as resting-places in the great waste of waters, some resting-station! "'But no, we must keep on, on, with everything in motion that your eye could rest on. Everything tumbling about. We lived through it, however, and the sun of Sunday morn rose clear and bright. A pilot got on board about seven, and at ten we were in Liverpool. We are at the Adelphi. Before I had taken off my bonnet, Mr. Richard Rathbun, one of the wealthiest merchants here, called to invite us to dine the next day. Mrs. Richard Rathbun has written that beautiful diary of Lady Willoughby, and, what is more, they say it is a perfect reflect of her own lovely life and character. When she published the book no one knew of it but her husband, not even her brothers and sisters, and, of course, she constantly heard speculations as to the authenticity of the book, and was often appealed to for her opinion. She is very unpretending and sweet in her manners, talks little, and seems not at all like a literary lady." I like these people in Liverpool. They seem to me to think less of fashion and more of substantial excellence than our wealthy people. I am not sure but the existence of a higher class above them has a favourable effect, by limiting them in some ways. There is much less show of furniture in the houses than with us, though their servants and equipages are in much better keeping. I am not sorry to be detained here for a few days by my illness to become acquainted with them, and I think your father likes it also, and will find it useful to him. Let me say, while I think of it, how much I was pleased with the great western. That upper saloon with the air passing through it was a great comfort to me. The captain, the servants, the table, are all excellent. Everything on board was as nice as the best hotel, and my gruels and broths beautifully made. One of the stewardesses did more for me than I ever had done by any servant of my own." Your father and Louisa were ill but three or four days, and then your father read Tacitus and talked to the ladies, while Louisa played with the other children. The Adelphi, my first specimen of an English hotel, is perfectly comfortable, and, though an immense establishment, is quiet as a private house. There is none of the bustle of the aster, and if I ring my bedroom bell it is answered by a woman who attends to me assiduously. The landlord pays us a visit every day to know if we have all we wish." London, Sunday, November 1st. Here I am in the mighty heart, but before I say one word about it, I will go on from Wednesday evening with my journal. On Thursday, though still very feeble, I dined at Greenbank, the country seat of Mr. William Rathbun. I was unwilling to leave Liverpool without sharing with your father some of the hospitalities offered to us, and made a great effort to go. The place is very beautiful, and the house full of comfortable elegance." The next morning we started for Birmingham, ninety-seven miles from Liverpool, on our way to London, as I am unable to travel the whole way in a day. On this railway I felt for the first time the superiority of England to our own country. The cars are divided into first, second, and third classes. We took a first-class car, which has all the comforts of a private carriage. Just as we entered Birmingham I observed the finest seat, surrounded by a park-wall and with a very picturesque old church, that I had seen on the way on inquiring of young mr van wart who came to see us in birmingham the nephew of washington irving whose place it was he said it was now called anston hall and was owned by mr watt but it was formerly owned by the bracebridges and was the veritable bracebridge hall and that his uncle had passed his christmas there on arriving here we found our rooms all ready for us at long's hotel kept by mr markwell a wine merchant The house is in New Bond Street, in the very centre of movement, at the West End, and Mr. Markwell, full of personal assiduity, which we never see with us. He comes to the carriage himself, gives me his arm to go upstairs, is so much obliged to us for honouring his house, ushers you in to dinner, at least on the first day, and seats you, etc., etc. Do not imagine us in fresh, new-looking rooms as we should be in New York or Philadelphia. No, in London even new things look old, but almost everything is old. Our parlor has three windows down to the floor, but it is very dark. The paint is maple-color, and everything is dingy in appearance. The window in my bedroom looks like a horn-lantern, so thick is the smoke, and yet everything is scrupulously clean. On our arrival Boyd, the secretary of legation, soon came, and stayed to dine with us. Our dinner was an excellent soup, the boiled cod garnished with fried smelts, the roast beef, and a fricando with sweetbreads, then a pheasant, and afterwards dessert. This morning Mr. Bates came very early to see us, and then Mr. Joseph Coolidge, who looks very young and handsome, then Mr. Coleman, who also looks very well, Mr. Boyd and a Mr. Haight of New York, and Mr. Gare, the son of Mr. Gare of Liverpool, a pleasing young man. MONDAY EVENING This morning came Mr. Aspinwall, then Captain Warmly, then Dr. Holland, then Mrs. Bates, then Mr. Joseph J. and his sister, then Tom Appleton, Mrs. and Miss Warmly, and Mrs. Franklin Dexter. Dr. Holland came a second time to take me a drive, but Mrs. Bates being with me he took your father. Mrs. Bates took me to do some shopping, and to see about some houses. They are very desirous we should be in their neighborhood, in Portland Place, but I have a fancy myself for the new part of town. I have been so used all my life to see things fresh and clean-looking, that I cannot get accustomed to the London dinge, and some of the finest houses look to me as though I would like to give them a good scouring. Tell Cousin M never to come to England, she would be shocked every minute, with all the grandeur. A new country is cleaner-looking, though it may not be so picturesque. I got your letters when I arrived here, and I wish this may give you but a little pleasure they gave me. Pray never let a steamer come without a token from both of you with love to grandma and uncle thomas believe me with more love than ever elizabeth d bancroft end of letter 1 read by sabella denton all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information please visit librivox.org